the amount of information that a person have because he is using something is huge. So if you are going to go through a specific procedure, you would be happy to speak with somebody who has already done that, right? You take a specific medication, you want somebody else who's done that before. So all of those things happening for us, that's, that's a life changing. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. All right, let's get ready for some inspiration. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders and meet Amnon Barlev, the co-founder of CEO of Alike Health. Amnon was the former president at Checkpoint Software Technologies. And prior to that, he was the founder and CEO of Expert Integrated System LTD. Amnon began his career in the Israeli Air Force and holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in Computer Science and Management from Tel Aviv University and has continued his studies at the Faculty of Medicine School of Graduate Studies. You do not want to miss this one. Amnon Barlev, welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. I am so excited for this episode. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Amnon, I have uh, you know, already in my mind like 50 questions I have to ask you. Uh, you've done some uh, incredible, incredible things and an amazing journey with, with twists and turns Uh, from flying F-16 planes to being the president and CEO of Expert Integrated Systems, uh, the president of the well-known Checkpoint Software Technologies company, you know, a, a glory of, of, of the startup nation that, that everybody knows. Uh, and most recently now, uh, the co-founder and CEO of Alike.Health with a few more things in between, one of them that we're going to have to spend some time talking about, uh, resuming your studies as a grad- graduate studies now in the Sackler School of Medicine, uh, obviously in, in the world of, of health in which you're at. So Amnon, if I have to ask you to, to look at your sort of career path, how, who are you? Are you an... You know, are, are you an executive? Are you an entrepreneur? Who, who are you? Oh, I hate labels. And I don't, I'm not sure that they always contradict each other. I think I'm a challenger. I don't know if there's terms like that for people, but, but uh, I really, really enjoy challenge. And the, the, the most important one to challenge is always yourself, right? Um, but but it's, it's really relevant. Either you are at the Air Force, Um, and you need to challenge yourself every day when you fly, uh, when you build a company like my first one at Expert. And, and then I moved to Checkpoint, which was totally different. That's an enterprise. And I grew a company from about half a billion dollar in sale to $2 billion dollar. Uh, and to about $17 billion market cap company. And that's like a totally global from a very local company to, uh, you know, I manage about three to 4,000 people all around the globe to a startup with uh, 15 people. Um, that I'm, I'm riding my bicycle every day to work and I enjoy that. So if, if you ask me, what is it at the end of the day, I think it's, it's the, the, the joyful that you get from challenging yourself and from challenging others. And you can get the best out of others if you do it correctly. During the time, you learn how to do it in a better way. It's not always like that. Sometimes people, when I was young, I was much more harsh. And during time, I, I understand that you need to balance it. But at the end of the day, I think 
if you gather around yourself people that enjoy being challenged, then it's a great fun. And then you challenge yourself and you challenge the organization. And that's what I do. Take me to those moments in which you're, you're deciding that you're embarking on this new challenge. You're learning how to fly, being president of and grow, growing a huge company, founding your own company before, and now uh, obviously a new challenge presenting itself. What, what, how do you feel during those starting moments? What is it about the challenge that gets you excited and hooked? So first, it's not always fun, just to be fair, those challenges. Um, but, but when you overcome that, it's a great fun. So I'll, I'll give you, you know, totally different things. I, I remember myself, I used to, I, I was a squadron uh, um, deputy commander on, on Phantom on F4. And then I, I moved to fly to F16 and you start almost from scratch. So I have a very good reputation while doing that in that place. And then I moved to a totally different squadron and I need to show, like, again, prove myself from zero. It's not about, you don't try your reputation. And that was a great fun. But it was, at the beginning, very stressful. Like, hey, how, how does it going to happen? Uh, the same thing, by the way, when I recently, as you said, I'm doing graduate studying at the, at the uh, medical faculty here in Tel Aviv, and you wake up in the morning, and you're going to do a test in bioinformatics. Like everybody, most of the people there are uh, the, the age of my kids. Uh, but there's a test. And at the end of the day, there is results. And you don't want to fail. Actually, you want to be uh, a uh, player. So... Uh, it all comes to the same place where uh, it, it deserves a lot of hard work. No, no, um, no sweat, no gain. Right? There's no, there's no other way to do it. And, and once you understand that you know, the, the you have to go through that way. There's no other way. Um, but the rewards at the end is amazing. Now it goes through failure. Yes, I failed so many times in my life, and that's okay. It's um, it's not fun. Nobody likes to fail. Don't don't, don't misunderstand me. Um, but but you once you understand it's part of life, and you try to to do the best out of it, and if it's successful, then it's a great thing. Beautiful checkpoint software technologies growing the company as president for thirteen years, I believe. You know, you're you're really right, right. living you're living the story of checkpoint as a part of the startup nation. It's uh, you know it's going it's going down in the history books as. You know, I believe perhaps that the first major, major breakthrough that we've made in this global world, what, what is your role as president in, in that journey? How, how did you experience those 13 years? Because I experienced them from the side, you know, as a fan, but how do you experience it internally as a decision maker? So I, I joined Checkpoint at the end of 2005. Not an easy time at Checkpoint, surprisingly. You know, the company itself still suffer from the, you know, uh, the the bubble of 2000. So income was basically stable at down around 570 million dollar. So the company didn't grow. Um, there was a lot of stress from that perspective. And um, and and when I joined, I found like an amazing assets set of assets, like great technology. Um, very loyal customer base, um, but still you need somehow to pour it and to find the product market feed that can allow us to grow. So an interesting story for you. Um, I went to meet it and I immediately understand one thing that this company has an amazing technology, but the key source is not the technology. The key source is understanding your customer and the go-to-market will win. And that's still my belief. I mean, 
always people have been like fascinating by technology. Look what that technology can do. But but actually, if successful companies, it's not just about the technology. You have to have an assets and value, but it's all about the go-to-market. So a story. When I joined Chuckpoint, I went on a plane. I said bye-bye to my family to like for 13 years, and I spent roughly 20 times a year abroad uh, all over the world. And I went to meet customers all the time. So I remember myself going to a, a meeting in Ohio with a customer. And uh, we talked about technology, and I asked him if everything is okay. And he said, look, you are very, very expensive. So I didn't mention before, but we, we, at that time, we sold only software, purely software. So we sold software. We pay like 20% uh, maintenance, one-time fee, and that's it. Um, but then, um, so this customer said, hey, you are very expensive. So I told him it's $20,000. Why is that so expensive? So you look at the corner and said, hey, you see this box over here? This is a Nokia. Nokia used to generate an appliances for us. Uh, I said, this is $60,000. I need to replace it every uh, four years. So this is why it's so expensive. So it was a discussion why he cannot use some of our solution. At the end of the day, I told him, look, if I'm going to bring you a box, my box, with a software and a hardware included, would you buy it for me? He said, definitely. I asked him, do you need anything else? He said, yes, I want it to be one skew. I don't want four SKUs on the, on, the, on the catalog, only one SKU. That's very important for me. That shows me that it's one product. So don't try to mess around with that. I went back to the company and I opened my own startup within Checkpoint. I went over, I bought server from IBM for X amount of money. I took my software, put them all together, create one SKU and start selling them. Like... Like there was a, a mis like discussion in Checkpoint, should we move into hardware or not? I just did it. I didn't ask anybody. And after I sold in like 10 or $12 million, then actually everybody understood that's the right way to go. And then we moved to a place where everything went to uh, selling a, a product with hardware and software because it's easy to the customer to consume. It's, and we, we basically, it's allow us to cross the first $1 billion in sale dramatically. Um, so it was a great success to the company. So those, those things are, are fascinating. You're getting to a place, you're searching for opportunity, big opportunity. It's not like small. You have to understand a company that's selling a billion dollars to, to make another change for $10 million sounds like great, but it doesn't move the needle. I need to grow the company 20% every year. So, and I have multiple stories like that, that sometimes if we have longer time, I'll, I'll tell you more about them. But it's amazing if you analyze your assets and know how to leverage them, you can do a revolutions. And, and you know, I'm known this this show again. It's, it's about leadership, and I'm I'm curious and interested about you know all the different facets of leadership in the military. We call it 360 degrees of leadership, right? Where you're also leading yourself. And um, and, and one thing that you know that it sticks with me, you know, they're talking about. The, you know, it's trivial. Yes, you as the president, you have the ability to now go and, and, and go on these endeavors. But these are time consuming endeavors. You're literally building and designing and manufacturing a product within the company. Every hour of a non costs a lot of money and you, you still decide to go out on this initiative 
and, uh, and, and, to, and to prove the value of it. And I can only imagine that if you were to come to the board and to, to the management team ahead of time saying, I believe in this, there, it may not have gone the same way. And, and a, lot of that in, in, a lot of that entrepreneurship is something that I've been learning is, is, is quite, quite critical, especially for companies in this growth stage that may reach some stagnation or some logarithmic um, asymptote. And so Amnon, I, I have to, to take you more towards know, your transition from cyber to health. What was that about? What's happening there? So I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's going to be a very boring story. I didn't have like nobody that died in my family, knocked the wood from cancer or something. It was much simpler than that. I decided at a certain point in time that I, I did very good to myself financially and others, and it's time to try to do other stuff in life and mostly to see if I can do something big that will will help the world. As you know, people are growing at the beginning, they just need to survive, right? Bringing home uh, food and stuff. Afterwards in, the, in this chain, the next step is to be successful. And, the, and then the last one is, can I leave a legacy here? So good for me, I'm, I'm at that stage. And um, so I went over to the president of the uh, uh, Tel Aviv University and told him, look, I was a student, a very good student to be fair, again, this A stuff, but I studied computer science and computer science first degree is, is basically like school. I didn't do any research or anything like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to understand more about the academic life and to see if there's values there that I can take outside and make, make something big out of them. And he said, hey, this is great. I'll, I'll present you with numerous amount of uh, researcher and you choose one and they will be happy to work with you. And that's really what happened. So that's brought me to the life science. I didn't plan to do that. And I met a couple of them. I choose one professor, Professor Noam Shomron. I like what he's doing. He did a, a, a gen, a molecular genetics, so it's quite fascinating things to learn. And we have numerous discussion like a brainstorming. And then after a couple of months, I said, look, it's nice, but I don't understand the language. It goes back to the question before. If you really want to do something, you need to understand the nuance. You cannot say, hey, I'm a great manager, so I can manage everything. No, I don't, I don't accept that. There is, there's a lot of customization need to be done in, in the way of thinking. Um, and there's a language to speak, language in a broader aspect. It's uh, uh, multiple factors and things. So I said, I, I really need to understand that more. And basically, I spent two years of my life as a student. I just, I, I just, I, I took like a very massive courses like uh, biochemistry and, and cell structure and genetics and stuff. And then I learned everything I can on everything. So nanotechnology to uh, bioinformatics to whatever it is, immunotherapy and so forth. And the whole idea was, and by the way, I did everything like every other student. I did exams, I did seminars. I, I really, I was older than the professors there. They always look, when they get to the room the first day, they look, who is this guy with the white hair? Uh, but uh, but it, it gave me so much background because the, the difference between healthcare and, um, and, and uh, cyber is huge. The, the overall, healthcare is, is, is a statistical uh, science. And the ratio between signal and noise is very bad. It's not like, it's not determinist by any means. And it's interesting because once I understand that very deeply, statistically, I found out that roughly about 30% of people react to a specific treatment. Only 30%, more or less. By the way, placebo, 
about 20%. So it's not too much different, surprisingly or not. And, and that's lead me to a question. So can I do something about it? Can I found a better way to look at people and cluster them differently? And then I came across a technology called Patient Similarity Network. And that's AI. That's what you might do in Stanford. So the idea was, can I cluster people based on similarity? Because if you look at the way physicians look at, at people, they look them on a specific condition. Um, so if they have IBD, then gastroenterologist will look at them and whatever. So he, that's what he sees. But people are much more complex animal, right? And it's not only that. There's a, an amazing article from McKinsey that shows that if I'm looking at all things that affect my health, so genetics is about 20%. My, my uh, clinical data is about 30%. And 50% relate to my social determinants. Where do I live? My social economic status. How do I sleep at night? Do I do sport? Uh, my social interaction. Do I have friends? All of that, it's, it's extremely important. So then I asked myself, can I start collecting information from multiple aspects, profile a person, and then match it with other person? Now, another thing that I found out that I don't want to sell technology to healthcare providers or insurance or whatever. That's the most tedious, non-scalable thing. And if you want to do something big, you have to do it uh, uh, very, very differently. You need to um, go directly. If you want to make a revolution, then the best way to do a revolution is going directly to the patient, go directly to the consumer. Now it brought me a totally different challenge. I know how to sell on a B2B for uh, billions of dollars, but B2C is a totally different animal, which I need to uh, study from scratch. Yeah, a new challenge. An amazing one, by the way, really an amazing one. So you really need to go through another journey. And, and that's what we're doing today. We're actually building um, a social network that it's based on clinical data. It's all anonymized. It's very secure. And it's amazing to see we have a um, um, couple of uh, um, like tens of thousands of, of users already in the system. And every day when I wake up in the morning, I just look at them and see how they talk with each other and people are asking questions. Other people are healthy, helping them, which is fascinating to see. The amount of information that a person has because he is using something is huge. So if you are going to go through a specific procedure, you would be happy to speak with somebody who has already done that, right? You take a specific medication, you want somebody else who's done that before. So all of those things happening for us, that's... That's a life-changing. So that's, that, that's really what happened now. And it's, it's so rewarding, by the way. Uh, it's really great fun. I, I can only imagine, Amnon, the, you know, both obviously at the end, it's improving their lives because they're able to, de- to, to have better information, make better decisions. Uh, but also just on, on a psychological and, and mental capacity level, the confidence building that this provides, and, and, and I'm relating this to something that is much less important to buy, but as a, I think is a relevant example, uh, when I learned how to stall an airplane and get out of it, you know, I would talk with the instructors and I would read online, but those small conversations I would have with other student pilots that were, that did this lesson last week and are going through the same experience as I am, 
they raised my confidence. They, 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 I felt like I was talking to somebody who's going through the same thing as me. It was a very different experience than talking to a doctor or talking to an instructor, right? Absolutely. Doctor, doctor do not experience, he, he, he can get some information secondhand, but he himself did not experience exactly the same things as, as a patient. They say that. No, not that they have the time or the energy or the incentive to spend so much time with you, but they sometimes just do not know the information. And, and this, you know, I, I saw two people talking about how to put their continuous uh, sugar monitoring Libra to their hand and how to stick it. So what will be the patch to stick it when they go to the shower or somebody else saying, look, I have a IBD flare right now and I concern about uh, uh, what should I eat or not right now, or just people talking, hey, I'm, I'm going to go to my therapist and I'm, I'm afraid from him and I need some like mental help. So you, you can see all of those things happening, uh, both asking for specific advice or more of a like just just going to and talk with somebody who is with you so you don't feel alone. Even that, it's a significant importance for them. And that obviously uh, goes back to you know the previous uh, very quick comment but relevant one that... 30% of patients react a certain way to a treatment, 25% react a certain way to, to with a placebo. And uh, and obviously, you know, the, the effects of a placebo are, are, we're talking about the cognitive and the psychological aspects of a treatment. And and this is, in, as far as I'm concerned, this is a part of the treatment. This is a part of the process. And uh, and I'm not, I'm personally very, very inspired, not just by what you do with Alike Health, uh, but by the journey as a whole and uh, growing up in a house uh, with, with a mentality very similar to the one that you exhibit here, the challenger mentality and, and understanding that it's not always fun, but it's rewarding. And that's the excitement that, that we can have and, uh, and taking on new different experiences like this show for me. Um, to me, this conversation was in, inspiring in many, many ways. And I have way too many questions uh, but I unfortunately called this 20 minute leaders. So I have to, to say goodbye and, and just thank you for your time. And thank you for the amazing work you're doing for the world. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for, for the kind interview and, and thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. 